0: I bring your peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The scripture readings today, the uh, first one comes from 2 Thessalonians, uh, chapter 1, verses 1-4, to and then chapter 1, verses 11-12. to Listen and hear God's word. Paul and Simonas and Timothy, to the, ta- the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faithful faith in all your persecutions, and in the afflictions that you are enduring. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and in you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The second reading is from Luke 19, 1-10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, "Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today." So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, "He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner." And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, "Behold, Lord, The half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. May the words of my mouth and the
1: meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I'm not particularly short, especially not in in heels like these. Um, In fact, I'm dead average for a woman. But my dear friend, uh, Rebecca, who many of you know, is particularly tall. And for the longest time, every picture of us was very hard to frame right because she's a good six inches or more taller than me. And I finally got tired of this and took matters into my own hands. It started out with my insistence that our post-workout photo at the gym be, instead of us standing on the floor together, of us hanging from the pull-up rig. That way, we were closer to the same height. And that led to my next bright idea, which some of you witnessed at the installation service a few weeks back. I stood on a chair for the picture with Rebecca, and that was great because we weren't just almost the same height. I was actually taller for the first time in our friendship. So now, Every time there is a cause for Rebecca and I to have a photo taken together, I demand that we take two photos. The serious one where we're both standing on the floor and then the one where I am taller because I'm standing on a chair. And the reason that this has become such a funny and beloved joke between us and everyone around us when we take a Carissa is taller than Rebecca photo is that nobody likes to feel small. It's kind of fun to turn the tables on a tall person every once in a while. When you use a prop to change the situation, a pull-up rig, a chair, a sycamore tree, suddenly the tables are turned. When you're used to being the little one, it's nice to feel like you have a better view. Now, those of us who spent our childhood going to Sunday school probably all learned the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Yep, I heard a few of you singing with me. And in this song and the way we tell this story, we picture Zacchaeus as a literally short guy, the sort of guy who could stand next to an average adult and feel like I do standing next to Rebecca. The phrase that Luke uses to refer to Zacchaeus is interesting, though. It could mean that he was literally just a short guy, but short in stature could also have referred to his place in society rather than his actual height. The crowd may have purposely shut him off from Jesus because he was a shady guy and nobody liked him. It's also possible Luke is saying that he was short and a social outcast because the writers of scripture love a good play on words. Regardless of if the crowd accidentally shut him out because he was just a little dude, or if they didn't see him or help him get through, or if they purposely shut him out because he was a slime ball they didn't like, or some combination of the two, There was a major obstacle in the way of Zacchaeus being able to get to Jesus, and that obstacle was the people around Jesus. Now, fortunately for Zacchaeus, as many of us know, having sung the song, we know the ending of the story, Jesus sees him because he's climbed up a tree just to catch that glimpse of Jesus. Not only does Jesus see Zacchaeus in that tree, he looks at him. He looks him in the eye and he hollers up, Hey, get out of that tree. I'm coming over for dinner. And Jesus doesn't only let Zacchaeus catch a glimpse of him or ask him a question. Jesus butts in. He calls him out. He invites himself over for dinner. And then the whole crowd gets upset and starts complaining that Jesus would bother to take time out of his busy day for this greasy, cheating tax collector. We tend to see the grumbling crowd as a bunch of self-righteous blowhards who just don't get it. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe try to put ourselves in their shoes. Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He wasn't just another cog in the injustice machine. He was a chief tax collector. He was in charge of a bunch of other tax collectors, which means that he wasn't just taking advantage of the taxpayers. He was probably taking advantage of the guys that worked for him, too. The crowd had a pretty darn good reason for not liking Zacchaeus. But Jesus doesn't just care for those who are pushed to the edges of society because of the things they can't control, like their race, or physical disabilities, or gender, or economic status, or age. Jesus even cares for those who are pushed to the edges because of bad choices and negative behavior. Jesus even cares for those who don't care much for the people around them. Jesus cares both for those who have been hurt by others and for those who have hurt others. And that is a very hard pill to swallow. Just before this passage, if you go back a little bit, in Luke you will read about the rich young ruler who is challenged to sell everything. He asks Jesus, what will it take for me to get to heaven? And Jesus says, sell all that you have and come follow me. And the young man walks away sad because he is unwilling to make that dramatic change. Luke has set that up in contrast to Zacchaeus because here is another rich man and he rises to the challenge when Jesus barges into his life and challenges him. He says, I'll give it all back and then some. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, salvation is in the house today. I'm not here to find the people who are found. I'm here to find the people who are lost. What a powerful message that is. Jesus is not here to find the found. He's here to find the lost. Sometimes we're just short. There's something we can't help that makes it hard to see over the crowd. Sometimes we're shut off by the crowd because of something we've done or who they think or perceive we are. Whatever the reason, it is frustrating when we have to fight just to get a glimpse of Jesus. Sometimes we forget to follow Jesus' lead to seek the lost. We're so worried about the comfort of the found. We're like the rich young ruler in the passage before this one who talks to Jesus, but then isn't willing to go the extra step when it comes down to it. We do need to be careful in identifying too much with Zacchaeus in this passage, my dear ones. First of all, if we're going to really try to see ourselves as Zacchaeus, we have to admit the ways in which we have hurt others or have made choices that have damaged the community around us, ways we've failed to live into God's kingdom that are now preventing us from seeing Jesus. And that is hard and painful work. It's good work to do, it's work that we should do, but it is not fun. And second, we have to be willing to accept Jesus barging into our lives and inviting himself over for dinner and turning all of our plans on their ears. Jesus doesn't just come over for a planned gathering in this story. He plans it and then tells Zacchaeus it's happening. Set the table, I'm coming over. Are we willing to let Jesus barge in and then to set the table for it, for whatever he has planned? And after that, are we willing to hear Jesus' critique of the way we're living our lives and callings and to give up that which is dear to us so that the community may find healing and so that God's kingdom, heaven, might be felt a little bit more here on earth? It's dangerous to identify with Zacchaeus. And it's important for us to remember the times in which we are the crowd as well. The people who were shutting Zacchaeus out, be it on purpose or by accident, were the people following Jesus. The crowd of good church folks are the ones who are shutting Zacchaeus out. And then they're the ones who go on to complain about Jesus hanging out with him. Anytime. We shut people out on purpose or by accident because of who they are or what they've done. We are getting in the way of them seeing Jesus. And unless they are willing to climb up on a tree branch to see what is going on, they aren't going to catch a glimpse. What we don't hear in this story in Luke is how many other people weren't able to see through the crowd and just gave up and went home. And so instead of forming an impenetrable crowd around Jesus, we need to turn outward to loosen up the ranks of it and to start inviting people in to experience Jesus so they don't have to climb trees to get to him. We gather here today with a choice ahead of us. We get to choose between the easy path of status quo that the rich young ruler took, the one that ultimately leads to death, or the harder one that Zacchaeus took, which ultimately leads to salvation. So who are we going to be? The history on the timeline hanging downstairs says that this congregation has a history of climbing trees. Zacchaeus went out on a limb literally, but sometimes we have to go out on figurative limbs To see what it is that Jesus is up to. This church has partnered with others. It's changed its name and location a couple of times. Recently, it's become an example to other small congregations in the presbytery. Of how to find new life. By being good stewards of dwindling resources. And sharing with one another. And friends, Jesus is barging in. (laughs) Jesus has invited himself over for dinner, or perhaps today a more appropriate statement would be, Jesus has invited himself over for luncheon and cake. But Jesus is butting in, and that is highly inconvenient. It's going to mean doing things differently than we have before, possibly even more differently than just sharing a pastor and an intern with another church. We don't know just yet. In sharing with a pastor with another tree, er, we don't share pastors with trees, friends. (laughs) In sharing a pastor with another church, you have climbed the tree. (laughs) Now it's time to start thinking even more creatively as Jesus is barging in. Today, as we celebrate the 150th anniversary of this congregation, we celebrate something else as well. This is the turning of a season. This is an opportunity to accept Jesus' call to change our lives yet again. Dear dear ones from St. Andrews, I want you to hear this as well. This partnership has provided a glimpse of what Jesus is up to. Now we get to start setting the table because he's coming over. Are we going to accept his difficult challenge or walk away sad that we got here and it looked too hard? The commitment the love and the joy that I see on a regular basis in both of these congregations is beautiful. It's incredible. You can do that hard work. You can reinvent yourselves like Zacchaeus. You have to believe that you can do it though. I can believe in you till the cows come home, but it won't mean anything if you don't believe in you. This is your choice, your call, your table. I'm just here to boost you up into the tree and to repeat whatever Jesus said if you can't quite hear it from all the way up there. The gospel is about commitment, but it's also about joy. And those are the two key elements we need to hold on to today. Commitment to follow Jesus into the unexpected when he barges in and does things his way. And joy to celebrate when he does. This week, I decided to take a page out of Reverend Miller's book, and I have a song to share with you all. I, too, am self-taught on the piano, but I'm not a very good piano teacher, so I brought help. (laughs)